Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsessions will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the Dork Forest. Jackie Cation here. It is November or December, which means please do not donate to the Dork Forest this month. Direct donations should go to your local food bank. To do that, you would Google the words food bank and then the name of your town and then one will show up and then you will send them the $10 or the $100 or the gajillion dollars that you would have sent to me, Jackie Cation, to a food bank in your neighborhood. Anyway, let's do the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song you just heard. He's going to sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio, and Vilmos works on my website, JackieCation.com. The DorkForest.com has all the notes, the link to the YouTube version of the show, which is just the the show is available on iTunes, and there's a player on DorkForest.com, but there's also a YouTube version of it if you can't listen to iTunes for some reason at work, but you can listen to YouTube, so knock yourself out. JackieCation.com has all the rest of it. If you want to support the show by buying Christmas gifts or Hanukkah gifts or Kwanzaa gifts, go to the merch page, knock yourself out. All the t-shirts, there's a Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirts, there's Spooky Reading Girl, there is uh, Meat Shield t-shirts. The Meat Shield t-shirts uh, remain a charitable t-shirt that go to the ACLU, Black Lives Matter, and Southern Law Poverty Center. Uh, you can do that. There are also pins, Spooky Reading Girl and Meat Shield pins. Those are not yet available on the website because I haven't gotten it together. But email me, Jackie at JackieCation.com, and we'll figure it out. There is my calendar, which is available. You can see where I'm playing uh, stand-up comedy-wise. And I'm on the road a bunch in December this year. So feel free to come out and see me do stand-up comedy live. There are videos. You can watch me do stand-up comedy. You can see a clip of my DVD, This Will Make an Excellent Horcrux, which is available streaming or as a hard copy on the merch page as well. There is the Amazon banner. If you're going to order from Amazon, you can use the Amazon banner on dorkforest.com or jackiecation.com. It's just a portal. Sends you to Amazon. You order like normal, and it supports the Dork Forest. Uh, there are premium episodes on Bandcamp. So it'd be the dorkforest.bandcamp.com, and they are probably a dozen episodes that are live. They cost me a couple of bucks to make, so I charge you a couple of bucks. There's also some free episodes and uh, a storytelling album on that Bandcamp page. Help yourself. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Feel free to review it on iTunes if you like, or email me if you have any questions or problems, jackieatjackiecation.com. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. I'm back in my living room. Return guest, uh, monster fan, Matt Weinhold. And return friend. Return friend. I love we, you, Jackie Cation. I love you. We, seriously. You, seriously. Yeah. I was just talking about you on the Jackie and Lori show, mm-hmm. uh, which is the other podcast I do with Kim I love Martin. her, too. Yeah, Kim Martin. But and you and I, you know, simpatico. Simpatico yeah. with the dorkdoms and, and all the things. You're good people. Your wife, good people. I'm she good people. She is good people, yeah. My husband. And now well, we live right down the block from you. You live so close. We got it. We literally. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, Matt Weinhold, by the way, you have, I was just talking about this on the Jackie and Lori show, you have one album. Everyone should go buy it because it's fucking hilarious. And <laughs> yeah, I know that taxed me enough. I was just like, a, oh, man. I'm exhausted. Now. But now you, you're writing in, on Stand Against Evil, yes, and, which yeah. is horror with Dana Gould. Oh, my and, God. And dream Jana come Farney. true. Yeah, exa- seriously. I mean, it feels- talk about the perfect job and the most pleasant <laughs> one, too. Mm-hmm. 
You know how like because you know people. Yeah, I know people, but also like you know Dana's really good at putting together a great writers' room. Oh, is he? And so a lot of the people that we had were maybe not you know comic writers that maybe everybody's heard of. Yeah, but really great writers, really nice people. It was always that kind of atmosphere where you know nobody was holding back at laughing at somebody else's joke because they were being competitive. Right. It was just pure fun. That's you know what. That sounds like the writing room of of someone's dreams. Yeah. Because yeah. I, from what I can tell, what you want from a writer's room is someone you're willing to hang out with 14 hours later. Yeah. And uh, we laughed and laughed. You laughed and laughed, yeah. and and it was and it wasn't uh, and it wasn't weird and unsupportive. And I got to fan so, out a little bit too because uh, did you get? One of the writers yeah. is this guy named Mike Mendez, uh-huh. and Mike Mendez did a movie that I love called big ass spider big ass spider big ass spider and it's a Back it's a comedy horror is uh, it? film and it's it was it's really entertaining a lot of fun okay some surprisingly great special effects for a lower budget movie right because it and it is right yeah did he make it himself to yeah. some extent yeah wow that uh that's kind of cool that i mean that's that's the age we're in though because you get to make the thing you want to make which is a delight yeah yeah, yeah you don't make a million dollars but uh no but no you, you you're like hey i made this thing and it's what i wanted it to be it's a difference between a livelihood and an income <laughs> right. you know we're all making a livelihood yeah. and uh and if and we could all probably make the income of the evil sure. people, but we don't because that's I mean that's where the line. Uh, yeah. When, whenever anyone says this is affecting my livelihood, I'm like, no, it's affecting your income. Yes. And yeah. uh, and you know what, your livelihood's fine. Your kids are going to go to. I mean, to the right. point where. Your kids are going to go to college. Yeah. Like, it's not even that part of your life. You got a roof over your head. You're, you know, eating pizzas. Yeah. You're, you're happy. Right. You're going you're out loved. to dinner. You got a car. You're, it's yeah. fine. It's, it, you're already in the top 5%. We got so, comic books. We're good. We got comic books. Oh, my God. <laughs> Would you like some comic books? Uh, <laughs> I, always. I'm Andy, a little behind on my comic books. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a good, I'm a good chunk behind as well. But, uh, but here we are with Matt Weinhold. By the way, it's at Matt Weinhold, W-E-I-N, right? Hold uh, yes, yeah. yeah. On so Twitter. On Twitter, I'm mostly a Facebook guy. Uh, so okay. and you know, um, yeah. And then the rest of my you know social network stuff is through our podcast that we right, do. which yeah. I've done several times. Monster Party, Monster Party podcast. You guys find it on iTunes and and there's probably a, a there, Google Play. You can you, there's yeah. links all over the place on Facebook and yeah, you know you can so find it everywhere. Just go find the Monster Party podcast because it's always fascinating and it's always super fun. I've done it. And Stand Against Evil is probably on a channel. What channel is that on? Uh, oh, oh, that's... TBS? Uh, uh, that's IFC. IFC. There we go. Stand Against Evil. And uh, so, but you and I are going to talk today about the... the you're a diamond. You got a lot of different uh, facets. I have many facets, yes. And let's I like talk, too much. You do like too much, but is it too much? Because um, you said there were holiday horror movies... Yeah, because you like monsters and horror, but you also like science fiction and action oh sure, figures. sure. But what what? Because we we are in December. Let's do holiday horror, whatever. Lovely, holiday. yeah. Let it'd be funny if there's a it's a Fourth of July horror film. Now you, when I sort of brought up the idea of horror and the holidays, you were kind of like, is that a thing? Right. And so you've never seen a holiday horror movie. 
Uh, no, I read a Brian Posehn comic book, <laughs> which is about great. Santa Claus. Yeah, that's yeah. that one's really funny. I like that. <laughs> it yeah. was yeah. I, that's as close as I've come. Um, there are a lot of them. There are. Oh my god, and I've, they go way back. Too. And some of them are dark. I've heard, I've read some dark ones, but uh, there's no I, not horror. Go, uh, they go back. Like everyone's always been like, let's put a monster into Christmas. Well, yeah, or to like, well, the, probably the most famous one that everyone thinks of when you think of uh, holiday horror is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh. Which is yeah. I was I was gonna say, oh my god, Nightmare Before Christmas. I've seen that, but that's not. Horror. I didn't even. You know what? Well, it kind of is. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. I, I would include that. All right. But Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah. Which is you know, is I that? mean, it's exactly kind of what you think it is. <laughs> it's a homicidal maniac. The night a, before Christmas in a Santa Claus costume. And is it the night before Christmas? Uh, yeah. And, he, he, and yeah, he does this. He <laughs> does this murder spree. He was in a. Uh, you know, he, uh, you know, he sees his parents murdered and then he goes to a, a really abusive Catholic school. Okay. And anyway, it traumatizes him. He doesn't him. turn into Batman. He does not. Instead. No, no. Instead, it comes out <laughs> later and he's in a Santa Claus costume and he's killing people. And it's infamous. It was one of these movies where Roger Ebert, you know, because – Siskel and Ebert, you know, yeah. they were railing against the, especially in the eighties, about like slasher movies. Right, and, right. They, had, they yeah. had an agenda. Oh, all yeah. of a sudden, they turned and they hated this dad. one, and everybody else did. And parents were like, "Oh my god, how dare you make Santa Claus a villain?" Right. What year is this? Uh, this is nineteen eighty four. Oh, I was sentient. Why didn't? How do you I, like that? I didn't see. Th- but you know what? In nineteen eighty, mm-hmm. so this is years before, and the one that everyone remembers is Silent Night, Deadly Night. Right but before that, the one I prefer, yes, is a movie called Christmas Evil. And Christmas Evil, what a great name! Is great. It's actually <laughs> uh, a favorite of John Waters. Okay, so you know it's good, right? Right, you know it's good. Yeah, some, yeah. Some and uh, there's this guy who really loves Christmas, and again, it starts with some sort of. Yeah, I don't. I don't like to give too much away, but there's right. a little bit of trauma in the beginning that involves his mother. Sure, Bambi. And, uh, years later, now he's working at a toy factory, and he's like <laughs> this put upon kind of dweeb yeah. that everyone makes fun of. But he's Boo. he loves Christmas. Okay. He loves Christmas to the point where he keeps his own naughty and nice book of like kids in the neighborhood. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So he's a little nuts. Yep. And then he goes even more nuts. Th- then he goes off to Banana Land. He goes off to Banana Land. And then, yeah, it's a killing spree. It's a killing spree. Are they – because I like the idea that um, – because there's, there's different – there's thrillers that are just a lot of tension and then creepy things happen. But a nice mad slasher movie, this, that, yeah. that, that feels like the holidays. That, it's got, <laughs> exactly. It's got, a, it's got a red and green vibe to it. Sometimes <laughs> you – know, I, I don't know how many times I've had to defend the Friday the 13th series. Okay. Because I'm like, oh, it's slasher. It's just violence for violence. I go, yeah, but it's taken to almost a Tex Avery cartoon level. <laughs> and, and there are sometimes where I watch that. I'm greatly amused. I don't right. take it too seriously. Yep. You know, I mean, the odds of yeah, – by the seventh film, Jason is now an indestructible zombie. Right. And nothing can kill him. And he's in his early 50s. Right. It's very weird. <laughs> and I was like, really? Your low back doesn't hurt yeah, at all? The, okay. He's been stabbed in the face a number of times, and yet sciatica is his biggest problem. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, oh, I got to get – Oh, anybody hey, have any ibuprofen? Can I stretch before this? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's a I, you know, 
a lot of these are slasher type movies. Okay. And if you looked, you went on the internet and you looked for a list of all the holiday horror movies, there'd be oh, a lot of slashers. Oh, there you go. But one of my favorites, which is not a slasher, although okay. it has slasher kind of elements to it and it predates that whole craze. Oh, really? Is Black Christmas. Okay. 1974. Get this. Directed by Bob Clark. And Bob Clark yeah. is the guy who brought us a Christmas story. <laughs> Wait. How do you like that? He did he, and he directed it? Yeah. Wait, the guy who directed a Christmas story also directed Porky's? Black Christmas and and, Black- and, and Porky's, yes. Wow, that guy, yeah. he's eclectic. Oh yeah. That and guy's listen, got a spectrum right listen there. Listen to this cast. Olivia Hussey, Kier Dulia from 2001. Margot Kidder. Wow. Probably like at her hottest. Like right. Mind-numbingly beautiful. And Andrea Martin. SCTV. Okay. Yeah. I mean, incredible. John Saxon. Okay. I don't know who that is. John Saxon <laughs> would be, uh, let's That's see. Did you, ever, did you ever see Enter, Enter, Enter the Dragon? No. Okay. It's the hilarious. You've never seen Enter the Dragon? <laughs> I know. The thing is, is whenever... <laughs> This is I forgot about this. Is whenever I have you, Frank Conniff, Ken Daly, or Dana Gould on the show, I'm always like, You guys are so deep in the long boxes of character actors <laughs> that I don't know who any of the character actors John Banny. Saxon, okay. you would he's one of those guys that you would if you saw him, you go, Oh, that guy. That guy. Yeah. yeah. He's in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. And he's the cop. He's okay. uh, Nancy's dad. Okay. And but that of course helps you not, not at all. Not right? at okay. all. But it's like... helping others. <laughs> yes. And yeah. the great thing about me not knowing things is that the clarity, nobody else has to be the one who doesn't know. Because now we right. get all the details. Well and you are the audience now. I am the audience. Yeah. And yeah. so the that is uh, another draw of the Dork Forest <laughs> is that I am the audience before the audience. So uh, it's kind I'm of perfect. only here to help and yeah, yeah. to share uh, right. wonderful treasures. Exactly. And, and this, that's what that this is. is a great one. Black this is Christmas. Black Christmas is talk about a tension so these girls it's you know right around the holidays it's right before christmas and uh olivia hussey and you might know her from romeo and juliet uh the 70s version bertolucci okay and uh she is keeps getting these obscene phone calls with this creepy weird voice that (laughs) goes into like different characters like oh daddy daddy what are you doing and it sounds like a baby and then it sounds like a man and you're right, like, oh, right. oh my god right for the voice of Work. the caller alone yeah. you need to see the movie okay but then you know uh people start getting knocked off oh and, right and uh so in, where's in the call coming from inside the house Maybe. Maybe. I, I wanna, no, you don't want to give it away. away. Is it coming from inside the tree? Is someone <laughs> inside the It's coming from chimney? the North Pole. <laughs> it's coming from inside a present. <laughs> and you open it up and stab, stab, stab. Teddy Rexman. <laughs> So but that's bl- a great movie. That sounds so. That is essentially that's a thriller killer. It is. is, a, what it it is. is. Yeah. It's it's pre slasher. Okay. And um and and there's some artistry. It's it's a really unusual. It's a great character study. Okay. All the little subplots of everybody in the film. Mm-hmm. They're all interesting. That was the weird. The weird thing about a lot of those movies in the 70s and the early 80s is that there was there was more there was more layers to it. Like every every even the small characters had sort of tiny character arcs. Oh yeah, and uh, like 
I've only seen Porky's once under duress. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm, uh, I'm not a fan. Not, no, no, it was it was foul. Yeah, and uh, but the thing is, is each of those guys, you're like, oh, I know that creep. Oh, I know that other creep. That's a creep that I've met. And but they're all d- individual, different. They all have tiny arcs. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and Bob Clark is. I mean, that's good directing. A, yeah. No, he's a great filmmaker. Yeah. He did another film. It's it's not really a Christmas horror film, but it's a movie called Death Dream. Okay. And Death Dream is this great film about so there's this guy is fighting in Vietnam and he uh gets hit by some mortar and he right. goes down and as this is happening, you hear his mother's voice like she's dreaming and she's like, Please come back, come back, come please come back. <laughs> so he comes back. Oh shit. He shows up at the door like a day later and he's alive, but he's different. Oh, is he? Yeah. And he's creepy and weird. Oh my God. And, uh, and you find out that he's, he's sort of a vampire. Is Bob Clark writing this stuff too? Or no? I think that one he wrote. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it sounds like he has, uh, cause I read the book that the Christmas story was based on and, um, Gene Shepard and yeah, it was, it was actually adorable. Is it it similar? Yeah, it's it's a it's a, essentially an essay. It's like a Sedaris okay. level, oh, okay. you know, uh, kind of kind oh, of essay based of, on a true story. Then. Yeah, oh, I wow. think based okay. on this guy who got a gun when he was eleven and he wanted it, <laughs> and there was trouble. <laughs> and uh, it's, isn't it amazing? It's so much easier now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the dogs ate the turkey, and he probably oh. did an amalgamation of several different Thanksgivings, is what I'm saying. And because uh, who wouldn't? If you're right. going to put together yeah. a story like that, you're going to pick uh, the, the year your dad got the lamp with the leg, and you're going to put the dogs the same year, and you're going to put the gun the same year. I wonder if that. Do you know if that was something that was made up for the film, or if there was something like that? Because now you know you can go to any place and you can. Uh, you know, go on to Amazon and buy that lamp. Oh, but right. If that was a thing way back, that oh, was a you know. I wonder if that would have been a, a kind of a novel, fragile, a, a, uh, dirty or, novelty kind of. Exactly. It was a. Gift. Uh, it, it was a very important gift or a very important prize or it was a premium. I forget what how he won it. Right. He it was won a, it. some kind of contest. It was a contest, and the first prize was a giant bag of money, and the second prize was steak knives, and then the third <laughs> prize was that lamp, and uh, so. It was like Fourth that. prize is you're fired. <laughs> and then you were fired because <laughs> it was uh, the 50s. Uh, yeah, no, I, I bet you people got weird gifts like that. I remember I remember selling um, uh, selling magazine subscriptions as uh-huh. a kid. You remember that pyramid oh, scheme? Yeah. And the, and the green stamps. At least you had magazine. Oh, green stamps, yeah. And, green, and you'd take all your green stamps and you'd go to the weird green stamp store. Sure. And My they, mom did it all the time. And there was always like some teapot cozy and you're like, we're not British. What's happening? <laughs> My mom said that when she would go to the movies like in the 40s, yeah. that you'd, they'd had this thing where each time you went, you'd get a plate. And so you kept going back to the movies each week because you'd get... You want the, the set. You want the full set. Yeah. And she has that full <laughs> set still. I have the Burl... What, Burl Ives? It's the Burl Ives set. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's holly jolly dinnerware. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Christmas, you guys. And uh, the 
the the I've set that I've got is an A and P set. Okay, and it came and you got it at A and P, and my grandmother got What's it. A and P. A and P was a uh, was a, a a grocery store when I, in the seventies. Oh, okay. And uh, and so my grandmother would get, and I'll show you them afterwards. They're just weird bucolic country scenes on a plate. Right? So like a busy, yeah. it's a busy scene on a blue. It's a blue busy scene on a on dinnerware. It sounds, and, seems like it would be fine for a holiday meal. Or right. Something. I, we use them as the dailies. Okay. Uh, just because uh, other than – I think we have fancier ones that we registered for, but they all came too big. Oh, it was like, okay. you're Americans. You're going to want 14-inch plates. <laughs> and you're like, no, I actually want smaller. Anyway, <laughs> it's a fascinating story. Let's get back to Black Christmas. So, <laughs> yeah. so Black Christmas is great. Yeah. That, that's one – and that's a classic. And most horror film aficionados – all love this they movie. Know we had one. Scott Thompson on our show. Kids in the Hall guy. Yeah, and yeah. he he brought that one up out of nowhere. It's Canadian too. Oh, so, is it? Yeah. Is Bob Clark Canadian? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, um interesting. Yeah, but that I mean, and there's so many and and they keep making them. Okay. Did you see Krampus? You know, oh, you've heard, heard about of Krampus. It. I've heard of Krampus. I've read a novel about Krampus. So you know what Krampus is. Yes. And so uh, Krampa, Krampus yeah. is like the evil Santa Claus. That's it. He's the guy who goes after the bad kids. Right, right, right. The and ones puts them in a sack and like takes them away, which I love. Right. <laughs> I love that. You love the whole idea of Krampus. I, I say round them all up and work it out later. <laughs> yeah. Right. Once you prove that you're a good kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you ever hear Six to Eight Black Men by uh, David Sedaris? <laughs> no. It's uh, David Sedaris talking about uh, Christmas uh, stories. Okay. And in, in Norway – I think it's in Norway. The uh, the Christmas story is Santa is um, uh, the ambassador to Turkey, and um, the he, country Turkey, the the country, the, <laughs> and, uh, and he comes on on uh, on not Christmas Day, but one of the days, and and brings the kids. Either he fills their it's oh it's um, coal. It's the Netherlands. They don't. He doesn't bring to coal. He brings candy that he puts on their shoes or. Okay. He beats them and takes them away in bas- in in bags. So that's kind of Krampus. Yeah. Yeah. And so and and but, I believe but, that's uh originally from Norway or Right, Germany but so or, they separated them yeah. into the good good Santa and bad Santa by making Krampus. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And and I forget which country this originated from first. Yeah. Uh but uh but they did a movie and it had like David Koechner and all these comedy people in it. Oh, I because re- it's newish. Yeah, and it wasn't bad, but Krampus, Krampus, the way that you see Krampus in you know old pictures, is right. that he almost he looks like the devil. Right, he's all curly. Yeah, like he's got all- he's got big horns and he's hairy and he's got this tongue that comes out. Yeah, and he's kind of terrifying. Right, right. And so I I saw the movie. I liked. I kind of liked where it was going, but when they did Krampus. Krampus didn't look like that. Right. You needed Krampus to look. I want him to look like the Howling, Howling. you know? Yeah. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Bring it. Yeah. If you're going to do Krampus, do Krampus. Yeah. But, yeah. So then there's another movie that I, I say, forget about Krampus. Yep. See a Christmas horror story. And this oh. came out in like 2015. And it's an anthology movie. Uh, so like, like that taxi driving thing, <laughs> what? <laughs> like uh, you know, like five stories. Yeah, and they, there's like a wraparound. Okay, that kind oh. of unites them. Got it. And uh, so this is. And, and first of all, all I have to do is say William Shatner. 
Oh, really? William Shatner is a shock jock DJ. Okay. And he's describing this disturbance that's going on at a mall. And and then, you know, peop, uh, there's like callers calling in, if I remember correctly, with their stories. Right. And the stories are great. Mm-hmm. And the, like the first one's kind of okay. It's like a ghost thing. But there's... There's zombie elves, which is fantastic. That is kind of fantastic. And then there's a wonderful, a wonderful Krampus story. And it's called a Christmas, a Christmas horror story, horror story. Uh, now this brings me to why wouldn't the elves be zombies? Because they've been alive too long, right? Everybody, they should all be zombies. Santa should be a zombie. The elves should be zombies. These are the undead. They they are the undead who cannot die. Well, there is a movie. Yeah. And it's it's an older film, and it's uh, it's called Elves. <laughs> oh, really? It's called Elves. Uh huh. And I, again, it has to be seen to be believed. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's the greatest movie, but it does star Dan Haggerty, uh, uh, Grizzly Adams, Grizzly Adams, <laughs> Grizzly Adams. That that was in my mind. Yeah, I don't know why Dan Haggerty's because he's Santa like. He is. Right? He is. He's a big. He's All a big bear of a dude. Him and he's Santa. That's it. Yeah, just hit him with the <laughs> flocking machine. Boom! Instant Santa. Ha- have you ever thought about spraying him with that stuff that makes it look like granite? <laughs> anyway, so you know. You so can... then he's like a he's he's a giant garden gnome. Exactly, he's the biggest garden gnome the, in the world. There are so many uses for Dan, <laughs> Dan Haggerty. Haggerty. <laughs> So okay, so, so elves. this is so elves, and what's great about this movie is that already you, you okay killer elves, and yeah, they're creatures, and they're uh, they don't look like Hermie from uh, you know no, uh, Rudolph from, the Red Nosed Reindeer. Yes. They're like these monsters, but what you find out is that the Nazis. The na- Nazis, the Nazis are involved with the this German story. Nazis because, from the 40s. yes, and they wanted to create kind of like a. A, a human elf hybrid that they could use as a weapon, and so they, they are weaponize elves. They want to weaponize elves, and they are an integral part of the story. Nazis, Chris, Christmas Nazis, elves, Christmas weaponized elves. Yeah, created by the Nazis in the 30s and 40s. Now the the, the elves themselves are like supernatural creatures, but they whoops, sorry. That's fine. My my phone went off last uh, no. last episode. All right, but uh, yeah, I mean that makes me very very excited. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And uh, and I, what I think year did I, Elves come out? Elves is nineteen eighty nine, so it's not oh that okay, you know, not that old. But I wonder if there's a Netflix like um, list of of Christmas horror or Christmas. Monster violent. I think movies. Wikipedia has one. I'm was, sure, but like, pretty good. but you know how like Netflix will somehow have the, they they have their new Christmas channel. Hmm. Do how they? about yeah? They they have a Netflix new, has a Christmas channel. Yeah, they have a they have a Christmas playlist. I guess so. They're trying. They're they're battling the Hallmark Lifetime Christmas playlist. Good luck. Good luck. Because yeah, they are embedded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people people are like, there's 30 new every year, and I'm watching the previous 10 years. So wow. I'm watching 350 Christmas movies all about a guy who goes to Vermont uh, because he's inherited a Christmas tree farm that he doesn't want to have anything to do with, and then he meets a woman who drives a sleigh. Or oh. the other way around. It's a woman, sure. she inherits a Christmas Fine, tree yes. farm, and he drives a sleigh. Anyway. <laughs> now, this is not a movie that that I've seen, but it's a oh, recent cool. short film. 
Okay. That I want to see. Yes. Because I was like, you know, I know the movies that I like, but I wonder if there's some other things that maybe, you know, I'm maybe a little behind missed. on. I missed, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, there is a movie that involves Christmas trees. Killer Christmas trees. The trees themselves. The trees themselves come <laughs> is alive. Is it called the trees themselves? And it's themselves? called Treevenge. 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 Fuck me. These are the greatest names of movies. What a great name. Yes. Treevenge. It's a short movie. Short. And I and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yep. What year? Is it just now? It's recent. Yeah. So 2018. I believe so. Yes. Okay. Maybe 17. Uh, no. Oh, I'm sorry. No. 2008. Oh, my God. Yeah. So you are a little so, behind. Yeah. I missed it. But Yeah. And these... You know, because we go in there and we chop them down, and they've had it. Oh, have they had it? They've had it. Yes, <laughs> yes. And it's it's a kind of it's a, one of those ideas where you go, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> why didn't you? Why isn't I, that a series? Exa- oh my god, it could totally be a series. Yeah, played completely straight. Oh, that'd be. Oh my gosh, it even a even a cartoon series. Yeah, because it'd be easier. And because uh, trees are, I think, inherently creepy. Uh, right, and they have been vilified over the. I mean, if sure. we, you Snow think White, old, old Man Willow. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. That guy talking people to yeah. sleep. So Evil Dead. Could, Evil Dead. With the was there lions a, coming out of the forest, and mm-hmm. you did mm-hmm. find. Now, did you see Horns? all the uh, <laughs> Evil Dead movies, or you just saw? I just saw none of them. You're right. I, I thought you saw one though. Wait, no, was that uh, is with that Ash? The, you know. Oh, Ash! Yeah. I saw the second one that was supposed to be funny. So e- not Evil Dead too. Yeah. Was it was it one where they go into the past? They went, or they they're were, in a cabin. They were in a cabin. They're in the cabin. Okay, good. So okay. is that Evil Dead too? That is Evil Dead too. Because they okay. made Evil Dead, and Evil Dead was the was straight, really right? low budget, completely straight. Right. And then two is more, more money, tw- like but a more comedy kind of. Yes. Yeah. And that's when we really see the genius of Bruce Campbell. Right. We really do. He's uh he's a he's a damn delight is what he is that Bruce Campbell. He's he's the greatest. Uh he's he's pretty great. I love him in everything. Right. I he almost I loved the show. The Right, there was Ash a versus Evil Dead. Yeah, there was a there was a show. I think he's he's like one of those actors who kind of fixes he, he makes everything better. <laughs> yes. You know? Like yeah. sort of like The Rock. He's a salve. Yeah. Yeah. That I exactly. apply to my life. <laughs> exactly. It's an ointment. Yeah. Uh yes. So um yeah, so what? Uh, so Treevenge. Treevenge, we got that one, and that one's a. Sh- that's only like what a half an hour, forty five minutes, like tw- eighteen minutes or something like oh, that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, so it's, it's not very short. long at all. Yeah, so yeah. you're in, you're out, you're you're good to go. Right, you're killed by trees. Yeah, and uh, again, why didn't I think of it? Right, because l- l- let's go more into evil trees. Uh, y- you remember the horns. Right from uh, the Lord of the Rings. Oh yes, remember the 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 stand of trees that would move and then yeah. eat all the orcs. I have the figure of the big old man tree. Oh, that's Old Man Willow. Yeah, or an ant. is that what it is? Okay, it, I, I, it isn't an ant. It's a it. it, it if, if or it's, is it? I don't know. Because if it's tree beard, that's an ant. I get them. If, so I, that whole. Th- series i get confused well it's a it's a big series you have to tell me yes it's a big series there's a lot of trees involved all i know is that they made an animatronic tree figure does it say anything yeah it what says it all say? this something my little oh that's tree bird yeah that's tree bird. yeah he Old... has this voice and he goes oh yeah he's like who's my it? little hobbit yeah yeah no that's that's tree bird. it's uh because old man willow uh is uh, bad guy. 
He's 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 a bad guy. Trick. And that's also Lord of the Rings. That's also Lord of the Rings. Okay. And then Tom Bombadil saves him from that. Uh, Tom Bombadil is the guy in the boots, and he's jumping around, and he's married he's the, to. He's he's the singer of songs. He he's he, the, yeah. he likes to sing the songs. He likes to sing the songs. It wasn't in the movie, uh, but he maybe for the best. Maybe for the best. Except for the thing is, is you become a t- uh, in. I would say that eleventh or twelfth reading of Lord of the Rings, you were like you finally read the, the songs. You read all the songs. <laughs> you really commit to Tom Bombadil. Yeah. You're like, why isn't there more? I did Tom- like him for the first time. I thought to myself, why isn't there more Tom Bombadil? <laughs> <laughs> and we're talking fifteen years later. <laughs> yeah. So I would like to hang with them, but there would be a point like you know how like when people bring a guitar to a party. Yeah. I would have to say to Tom Bombadil, okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's. You know, there's a time and place for the songs. Even Goldberry tells him to put it away. And uh, that's his wife. Uh, so, uh, but the, uh, <laughs> the thing, whenever anyone brings a guitar to a party, I always think to myself, God, I hope you're amazing. I hope all of a sudden it's but like you, Spanish. No, never, never, never happens. Never happens. Or, you know what sometimes does work? Jane Edith Wilson has a friend. I was at a party okay. with a uh, actress, Jane Edith Wilson, and lovely, one of her lovely lady, a delight, and one of her friends. Uh, I was at a party at his house. It was a, a couple. They had a couple of kids. Uh, he started playing the piano, and they were old standards. And then all of a sudden, we were in an Andy Hardy movie singing old standards around a, a, a piano. But see that it was wonderful. It's wonderful. It's quaint. It felt quaint. And it doesn't, it's not what you expect. Like it he almost didn't, never it'd be, happens. It'd be different if he started playing the piano and he's really good, but he starts, he, all he plays is his own songs. <laughs> and then it becomes like, say anything. Yes. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. It's yeah. like Steve, Steve or. Yeah. Joe was, lies. Joe lies. <laughs> Joe lies. Yeah. Oh, he does lie. And that's what I always get. Yeah. Is I either get, you know, always we start lies. with uh, Michael rode the boat ashore and then it goes into Joe's lies. Yeah. It's I, never good. Oh, I love Joe. Lies. Yeah. When I see the guitar come out, I'm like, why? What? No. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Were we talking too loudly? <laughs> I, th- I thought this was a party. We're, weren't we having fun? Is yeah. that it's I, uh, I had an MC open for me the other day, a giant Samoan kid. And uh, he said, we invented the tiniest guitar. We're large people. Why would we do that? That was the whole premise. And then That's he had great. several punchlines. That's it was great. great. But it was a great premise. Because he was an enormous man. And, uh, and he was Samoan. He said somebody kept, came up to him and said, so are you Mexican or Samoan? And he said Samoan. And then she said something in the Polynesian language. And he said, God, I wish I had said Mexican. I have some Spanish. So when you're sarcastically sympathetic to someone and you're playing the world's tiniest violin, that would, I guess, be just a normal violin. For that guy. For this guy. Oh, for that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was an enormous dude. Okay. So we have made it to 2008. Anything before 74? Well, okay. Here's another anthology movie. Okay. And this is a movie that I play maybe at least four times a year. Really? You pull it out. I love it. I have got it on Blu-ray. Oh my god! And there, it's sort of like a tag team of two movies, yeah. but it's in the tradition. There was a company, a British company called Amicus, and they were famous for making anthology movies. Okay, and uh, they always had Peter Cushing, and Christopher <laughs> Lee, and all the people that you expect wow. to be in those movies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you know, the production value usually pretty good. Okay, and so they did the first 
adaptation of Tales from the Crypt. Oh. Way before the TV show in 1972. Okay. They, and I... Love this movie. Love it. And they do a number of stories that are directly from the original Tales from the Crypt comics. Okay, which was a comic book, I... in the Yeah, in the 50s. In the 50s. Yeah. Okay. A horror comic. And got in a lot of trouble because a lot of the stories were kind of graphically violent. Right, and people couldn't take it. Yeah, and they were, were just like, this, these are for kids. No. These are funny pages for yeah. kids. Yeah, and they ended up getting, you know, after all these, you know, Senate hearings and everything, they ended up kind of getting castrated. Right. So they were all, you know, they, I think they still had a few science fiction, because they also did weird science also came. Right. It's EC, EC line of comics. Okay. Had Tales from the Crypt, The Haunt of Fear, and a vault of horror. Okay. And then they had, you know, weird science, weird <laughs> yeah. fantasy, and like all okay. this stuff. Yeah. Uh, and, they, and they were great comics. But so finally, Amicus does this movie, and they do all the original stories. And one of them is a great one that's a Christmas story. And uh, what happens is uh, it, 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 well, it stars Joan Collins. No. And I think they remade it for the TV series, but the TV series. I don't know if you ever watched it, but it no. was kind of uh, – it was a little too tongue-in-cheek for me. Okay. This is played deadly serious. And so – And it's a British movie. A, a British movie. And Joan Collins – and I think it's the first story too. Joan Collins uh, is – it's a nice Christmas Eve scene and dad is reading the paper and he's happy because he's got this nice present for his wife and he's reading the paper and then all of a sudden – Blood hits the paper, and Joan Collins has just killed her husband. <laughs> and they've got a kid upstairs who's waiting for Santa Claus. Yeah. And it's like, is Santa Claus coming? Like, no, no, stay upstairs. And now she's got to clean up the crime scene. Right. And get rid of the body. As this is happening, she hears that a homicidal maniac in a Santa Claus costume has escaped from the asylum. Perfect. Yes. And, of course, he's right outside the door. Why wouldn't he be? And so oh she God, notices he's awesome. trying to get in and she's doing everything she can to, you know, uh, fortify the house. But she can't call the cops because she's got this dead body <laughs> until she cleans all that up. Then she can call the cops. So and then the kid keeps coming down like, when's Santa coming? When's Santa coming? It's like, not yet. Go stay away. And of course, um, the kid eventually ends up opening the door because she sees Santa. Yes. Oh, it's a little girl? It's a little girl. Awesome. And uh, Santa does some very nasty things to Joan Collins. (laughs) Joan Collins. I got so scared there for a second, I couldn't say Joan Collins. Oh, my God. So, uh, like, a good man is hard to find, sort of a Flannery O'Connor. I was going to say that. No, I wasn't. wasn't, (laughs) It was, uh, oh, my God. That is awesome in the way that because Joan Collins plays just a raging. Oh, she's terrible she's and terrifying. And, and what's great is the juxtaposition of that right before this guy is murdered. He's so proud because he's got this little diamond necklace thing that he's you know wrapped up, and it's his right. wife is going to love it. Boom with a with the uh, fireplace poker. Fireplace poker. Yeah. And uh, what I want to see is the prequel, which is what led her to that. What? Because women Me always too. do like a bespoke kind of murder, right? We don't tend to mass murder. We, it's all one. It's personal. It's all, very artisanal. 
uh, just sort of. Well, like, he's much older than she is, too. Uh, so I think it might have been financial. So, right, right. So then the implication is. Cause, so there's at least some implication that he's not just getting a poker to the head. Yeah, she's she didn't just like have a bad day. Right, right. Yeah, right. Burn the roast and then you. <laughs> yeah. I've had it. <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. You guys, this ad is for the New Yorker. If you go to the New Yorker, dot com slash dork listeners of the dork forest save 50 percent off when they enter the code dork with this special offer you receive 12 issues for six dollars plus get the exclusive new yorker tote bag you can choose between print digital or combo print and digital subscriptions you subscribe to the new yorker and you read something that means something that's 12 issues for six dollars and a free tote bag when you go to the new yorker.com slash dork I got my free tote bag, and it's amazing. Everything about The New Yorker is fascinating to me. I love the writing. I love the cartoons. I love the fact that with the subscription, you can do both print uh, and digital. I, for real, just want digital because print feels like a huge commitment, but digital means that I can wander around, and there's extra stuff uh, on the digital. There's you know, hundreds of pages in the magazine, but they have, there's like 14 or 15 more articles on the digital side that don't even make it into the print. You get the best writing anywhere. So go to newyorker.com slash dork and get 50% off the first 12 issues. So $6 for 12 issues of the New Yorker. That'll last you. Let's get back into the show. Uh, I wonder, are any of these on Netflix? Probably. Uh, Maybe not. Netflix is not so good when it comes to older things. True. If you ever want to just come by the place. Oh, right. I'll, I'll hand you a stack of movies. Exactly. Ten blocks from and here. go crazy. Than, yeah. Because yeah. uh, that was followed up by, they also did Vault of Horror, which was the follow-up to Tales from the Crypt. And the stories are always fun. They always have a nice little twist. There's one in Vault of Horror, which is not really a... It's not really a, a Christmas story, right. but there's one where this guy's looking for his sister because his sister is the last one in line for the inheritance that he's going to get. Sure. So he gets rid of her, but she's been hiding out from him and she doesn't want to see him, but he manages to track her down, kills, <laughs> kills her in her town that she lives in. Oh. And uh, uh, he tries – before he – uh, kills her. He checks in. He wants to go into this restaurant, but the restaurant is closing down. He's saying, you should be off the streets. And and when he's done with the murder, he uh, takes a walk down the street and the, the restaurant is now open. And he goes in there and it's packed with people and he orders the standard meal and uh, he gets the soup and the soup tastes really weird. And he's like, and then he drinks this uh, what he thinks is tomato juice and uh -oh. spits it out. And the waiter goes, what's wrong? He goes, I don't know. This, this seems a little off. He goes, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Well, how would you like your clots? My what? Your blood clots. How would you like them cooked? And he, what are you talking about? So there's this curtain that he pulls back yeah. and there's a mirror behind it. And his is the only reflection in the restaurant. So it's a restaurant run by vampires Four vampires. <laughs> and then he turns around. There's his sister alive. She's a vampire, too. Oh, 
My God. And so what they the end the end image of yeah. this episode is they get a tap and oh. they put it in his neck. <laughs> and everybody in the restaurant is lining up getting their yeah. glass of fresh blood and they're like, It's so rare these days that you get the fresh stuff. <laughs> Fantastic, right? That is awesome. That uh, here's my thing about scary stuff. I love it better when it's told to me by Matt Weinhold. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think this would scare you too much. <laughs> no, no. I think and watching scary movies with you is actually more. We should fun. do that. Yeah, because yeah. that's more fun than 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 anything. I remember because uh, you have gatherings and you that's show right, movies, yeah. and so. The, but when you were telling me that story, what occurred to me that my next question is, is because there's not just Christmas, like, because you don't have to just talk Christmas horror movies. There's got to be like, aren't there evil leprechauns too? Oh, they, well, they did. Like, they did. Uh, yeah. They did every possible every holiday. holiday. There's, I think there's New Year's evil and there's, <laughs> of course, Valentine's Day. Which oh, is Valentine's a, yeah. Day. That, that'll make you kill. Yeah. And then. And there's a great movie and I believe it's. It's considered. I thought it was Christmas because I, I remember there's a lot of snow in the movie, right? But I think it actually happens on Valentine's Day. But it's a movie called Pontypool, okay, which is so good. Ponty Pontypool, Canadian spell- movie. Uh, it's the name of a town. So okay, it's, so it's P O N T I P O L something yeah, like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly how it sounds. And um, so there's a shock jock, Stephen McCaddy, mm-hmm. and he used to have this. Nothing inspires a horror movie more than a shock I jock. I know, I know. It's and, awesome. And and he's, of course, working He's he's working in this place in Pontypool, and it's definitely a step down from what he used to be. Mm-hmm. So and he's, he's insufferable. <laughs> and, uh, and he starts telling this crazy story that has a lot of weird wordplay on the air about uh, something that he saw that morning. And so as the movie progresses and it's done through the point of view of um, the radio station. So you never really go out and see so much of it. He starts getting calls in and people are describing it. And I think it originally was a radio play too and a book. Okay. But so he's, that people are acting in this weird way and they're saying these crazy words over and over again. And they're, um, forming these mobs and killing people. Okay. Well, what you find out as the movie progresses, it's like a zombie virus, but it's transmitted by words. <laughs> so words will set someone off and it'll set this sort of cascade right. of things in their brain. They'll start repeating the words and they'll catch this word virus mm-hmm. and, and it makes them murderous. And it's so clever and, um, and it's claustrophobic. It's, it's really most of the movie is just is in that in booth? that studio. Yeah, but uh, a wonderful movie that- and uh, underrated. A lot, not a lot of people know about it, but I know that uh, most horror fans, I think, are familiar with it. Right, and uh, it's kind of fun that um, you know it's it's an interesting thing that a lot of things come from Canada that are real yeah. specialized. Now, Cronenberg, my God, what's Cronenberg? David Cronenberg? Oh, the man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, the fly, it's the fly, and, and, you know, scanners. Right, because because and the brood, my favorite. But, oh, is the brood your favorite? What oh. is the brood? The brood is. I only know them from Marvel. The brood is <laughs> the brood is a story about. It's first of all, it stars Oliver Reed. So okay. Right there, you're in. Okay, who's Oliver Reed? Oliver <laughs> Son Reed, of a bitch. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, the musical Oliver. 
Yes. Bill Sykes. Yeah. The 60s one. Yeah. Uh, he's also in Gladiator. He's the guy who uh, trains the gladiators. Okay. And okay. So, uh, but he's 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 a crazy he's crazy in real life. Okay. He's famous for his drinking <laughs> antics, but he's Fair also enough. a wonderful actor. Okay. And so he has come up with this type of psychotherapy called psychoplasmics, and psychoplasmics will, as you're going through your regressive psychoanalysis, your pain. And whatever you're going through will manifest itself physically on your body. So you'll be talking about some problem that you had as a child and like welts will start to well up on your skin. Okay. And there's this woman who estranged from her husband. They have this little daughter and she is one of this doctor's uh, patients and she is so mad and (laughs) – she is so angry about the relationship and the way everything went down that her anger now manifests itself in that she will grow a sack on her belly. Yeah. An uh, external sack. Right. Where a little troglodyte child will come out. And oh, like a second being. Like a second being. And she'll do – and multiple. Like one after the other after the other. <laughs> And they're all blonde. They kind of look like her real daughter, but they're a grotesque version. Right. And they the are her. The, the brood. Okay. And so these little weird children are her anger. Yeah. So every time she gets mad, they go into a killing frenzy and they take out whoever she's mad at. Right. Oh my God. That's what hilarious. a crazy premise, right? That is a crazy premise. And that's that's why I love Cronenberg. <laughs> Yeah. Did you ever read a canticle for Leibowitz? I did. Yes. Yeah. And at the end of it, uh, the the Messiah grow, is uh, is is one of those little troglodytes that comes out of this woman's uh, shoulder. Anyway, that's good the stuff. it's good stuff, you guys. Uh, spoiler alert from that book from nineteen twelve. <laughs> uh, so it's a classic. That one. It is a classic. Yeah. People people read it. Sure. Um, and so yeah. So like when I think about uh, all the holidays, so there's Christmas. There's New Year's, there's Valentine's Day, there's President's Day. Are there President's Day horror oh, movies? You know what? This is the Holiday Inn of the Dork Forest. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I and right off the bat, the only thing that came to mind initially was I know there's a movie uh, called Uncle Sam. Okay. Where Uncle Sam is a monstrous character who with his hat. Yeah, who comes after people who aren't patriotic. Or, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I watched it once 15 years ago. Right. And and that's probably the only thing that comes because there's because if it's President's Day, Memorial Day, Fourth of July, those are all the same holiday. Uh, flag Day, Veterans Day, all of it. Uh, it's going to be somebody with a flag wrapped around them who's uh, turned into a bug or something, whatever. I like this. Yeah. I will get a meeting. You will. You will get a meeting. <laughs> we will do this. You will pitch We will this. make this. And then, the, and then things like Easter. Are there Easter horror movies? Uh, this has just become me quizzing. The closest thing, this is not really, I'm sure there is. Sure. And that I don't know about it. Right. But when I think of Easter, I mm-hmm. think of bunnies. Sure. There is a famous movie, and we talk about it quite a bit on Monster Party, but it's called Night of the Lepus. The Lepus? Night of the Lepus. How do you spell Lepus? L-E-P-U-S. Okay. And 
there's a lot of famous people. It's like Stuart Whitman and DeForest Kelly from Star Trek Center. Distor- like, there's a lot of there's sure. a good amount of like, okay, that's a name recognition. Yep. Re- respected name, you know? And uh, the movie is about giant rabbits, killer giant bunnies. Okay. Now, you would think maybe like, okay, we're going to make bunnies scary. We're going to twist up their faces and have like an animatronic monstrous right. rabbit. They don't. What they do is they just get a miniature town that they make and they just get a bunch of bunnies and they Real, have them run across the little genuine, miniature town. Just normal. Live, they, cute, adorable bunnies. That are enormous. And they attack you all of a sudden, you know, the, the camera will zoom into one of their mouths right? and zoom out and it has like, you know, someone smeared like jam because <laughs> they're licking at it, you know, and that and that that people got together and made that movie after yeah, the did. second day when the dailies came in from the rabbits <laughs> no one went i'm done i'm i got to get i got to go they saw it through to the end and it went out into the world and cuz when i think of there's two things rabbits can be super scary at night cuz their eyeballs turn up red when like they that. are they are shined on. That's good. That's true. Um, the other thing, they have those buck teeth, which can often be terrifying. Right? Sure. Uh, the only other thing I know about when when you said giant rabbits, I thought Tank Girl. Remember? Yeah. yeah. It was I forget who the actor was. It LL Cool J? It might not. I don't, I don't think yeah. it was. Uh, but it was it was <laughs> it was an actor who was also a singer prior to being an actor. Okay, and he was in a giant rabbit suit, and he, there were a bunch of them. And Tank Girl spent all of their money on the tank, all of their money on the plane for Jet Girl, all of their money on but the not tank on the for Tank Girl, suits. not on the rabbit suits. The worst rabbit suits ever. Well, uh, there's also, of course, the. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Right. That has the killer rabbit. Right. They have, that is a killer rabbit. I would say is way scarier than Night of the Lepus. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Because when that rabbit attacks, just blood splurts out of Right. It's a lot of squirt, and, squirt, yeah. squirt. Yeah, yeah. That was gross. But this one, it's Mm-mm. just a lot of just hopping around. All right. Now going, why, why, why does everyone hate us? How about Labor Day? How about Labor Day? Now, here we are. <laughs> We're going Wow, Labor Day. <laughs> Are there any? We need the to, workers we need to rights, make it. We need workers' to. rights, and what we're, it's what it is is it's the weeblies all yeah. become vampires, or yeah, it's when you were talking about something and it was killer teamsters, killer teamsters. Yeah, that's a thing. When you were talking about the town with the vampires, yes, at, and the diner. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be a Lovecraftian kind of thing where it was a Cthulhu. Oh no! That was it. Was it was the one that'd be good with the words, uh, the, Pontypool. The Pontypool one. I thought that was going to be more of a look, uh, a Cthulhu kind of everyone going mad. I don't know if we've discussed this before. We probably have, but how underrepresented Lovecraft is when it comes to movies. Yeah, because forget you know. Look, I don't know. He's been cannibalized a lot. Like people take stuff from it. Yeah, it's everything's always Lovecraftian. It's yes. not the actual story. And I think there's a bunch of stories that could be done, like the Dunwich Horror. Now, which one's is that? So good, and it's it's uh, it's one where it's this um, magician who has give they give he gives birth his wife gives birth to this these twins mm-hmm. and the twins one of them is like this sort of mutated kind of 
goat looking man who like you know he started speaking like an adult at three right. like all this weird shit Spooky, you know yeah. yeah and um so he has a twin brother but the twin brother we never see because it's a Lovecraftian monstrosity that lives in a barn. Oh, there we go. And then they, and it's Which invisible. I, th- I think he, invisible? Yeah. And it finally gets loose. Right. But there's a great scene in the Dunwich Horror where the, the, uh, the one who's more human looking and kind of looks like a goat boy, his name, his name is Wilbur Waitley. Okay. And uh, he's trying to get the Necronomicon so he can open the gates and let all of uh, uh, Cthulhu's in. buddies yeah. in, you know. And uh, so they, catch him going after the Necronomicon. They shoot him and he always wears this cloak. Mm -hmm. And when they pull his cloak aside, you get to see what he really looks like. Mm -hmm. And he's a mass of pulsating color changing tentacles, mouths. And, and that's the stuff I live for. (laughs) Talk about a good Christmas. It is the stuff. That some Christmas lights right there. I want that tree. I want want a tree with mouths (laughs) and fangs and tentacles. Yeah, you you do. You really do. Yeah. (laughs) uh, But why make that? Because there's uh, some of his stuff is kind of hard to adapt, but you could do it. All you need to do is have a a central protagonist running all the way through it. Right. If they could take Philip K. Dick. And turn them into movies. Yeah. Because he's got amazing premises and amazing stories. But if you've ever tried to read Philip K. Dick, uh, you want to cut your wrists. Because he's he's clearly... It can be a little obtuse. It's uh, it's dense. Yeah. It's intense. And it is uh, almost a maze of words. Where yeah. uh, if you read it and then you spend months later, you're like, oh. That's, That's what, what he was he trying meant. to say. Yeah. Right. right. Clearly the LSD was flowing freely this day. <laughs> and and that's fine. Uh, for you know, for a guy that's dead that I don't have to hang out with, I'm going to read that. That's fine. Same with Lovecraft. He's yeah, supposed well, to be. A, nobody wants to hang out with Lovecraft. No, we're not, you're not inviting him over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got all kinds of uh, horrible political attitudes. No, well, he was a, a raging racist. Yeah, just a raging madman in his own right. But but. but uh, created this amazing world that a lot of other writers then can use built upon. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting too, because Lovecraft, he was just a messed up guy. He right. ended up, you know, he's this racist anti-Semite and yet he married a Jewish woman. Right. Right. Well, it's a classic. Yeah. You're just like, yeah, I don't. He had problems. Yeah. He had, he, we're, we're all flawed we're all- <laughs> and, and he was definitely flawed. But if you pull the center out of those stories sure, and yeah. just make it actual Lovecraft. There's a lot of great stuff there. There's, yeah. there's, I mean, he wrote so many stories that could be, you know, uh, crafted into, uh, I think, uh, a coherent screenplay. Right. If any, if just someone would try and not do it tongue in cheek. I don't mind the tongue-in-cheek ones. I love the Stuart Gordon movies like Reanimator and yeah. From Beyond. Those are great. Those are fun. Those are their own genre, though, right? But yeah, but they're a little, they're a little kooky. Right. They're a little tongue-in-cheek. I want something deadly serious. Deadly serious that would scare the shit out yes. of you is what I'm hearing. And, and utilize <laughs> practical effects Yep. with maybe a little bit of CGI assist. Okay. Because you like a live action. I like practical effects. Yep. I like makeup effects. Mm-hmm. I think when you you try to scare me with CGI, that's a, I don't know if you are aware of the Haunting of Hill House, that's Netflix show. Oh, everyone, right. That just came Everyone up. loves it. Yeah. Uh, 
I, you know, it's, it's it- soap opera and the scares. There's so many CGI scares that it just pulls me out of it. I, I, right. I recognize like, oh, that's CGI. And I'm, I'm right. no longer invested. But a practical effect where there's a guy with a bladder, um, you know, squeezing some blood and latex. <laughs> and, you know, and they can do it so good now. Yeah. Maria Bamford's face on Stand Against Evil uh, yes, was yeah. terrifying. Yes. Genuinely because it still looked like her. Yeah. It looked like She's her so if she had lost her goddamn mind. <laughs> and uh, so... Yeah, that was, a fun, that was a fun one to write. Oh, know? I bet. Yeah. I bet. Uh, she said she had a really, really good time. Yeah. And um, so, but I would say, where are we? Oh, we're doing good. So by the way, uh, Rangers, just so you know, we're talking to Matt Weinhold again. And he has <laughs> a show. It's weekly, right? The Monster Party Podcast? Uh, it is every two weeks. Oh, it's oh, it's oh, twice a month, but it's so, long. <laughs> they're over, usually over two hours. Okay, yeah. so so it's a commitment. So it, it's plenty. Yeah, it's plenty of monster clean talk. Clean your house. Clean your put house. it on. Clean your house. By the time you're polishing up the refrigerator, you guys right have about so done. much knowledge uh, and 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 go down such a serious rabbit hole. What's, uh, it's what, great. And what's What's fun about doing that show is that, yeah, these are fellow nerds, my friends, uh, Sean Sheridan, James Gonis, and Larry Stroth. Sean and Larry have been on the Dork Force. Yes, that's yes. right. Yeah. And uh, they're passionate, especially Larry. I mean, he's like a he's lunatic when it comes to <laughs> the stuff that he loves. But I love them. I love all of them. Like that, That's the thing is that they're my genuine friends. Right. And, uh, and, you know, we started the show because we used to go to Comic-Con and then after Comic-Con, we go to someone's room and yell at each other about the fast zombies and slow zombies and (laughs) that kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, between the four of us, I think we've seen everything and Sean has certainly seen everything. Oh yeah. Cause I'm uh, the, the, we did a show, uh, it was a couple shows ago where we kept we did a thing where we would take a reference book of horror movies yeah. and we'd flip it and then just randomly put our finger down and go, okay, read the blurb. Does it sound good? Let's talk about it. Is yeah. it a good premise? And I'm telling you like everyone. Sean Sean said, oh is- yeah, that's right. Oh, and they made four sequels. And I'm like, how, what, what do you, how do you do this? Remember, when do you sleep? Do you know that Larry Bubbles Brown, if you tell him when you were born, he'll tell you what day of the week it was. Well, that's, you know, yeah, yeah, that's some... It's like that. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like you have a Rolodex in your brain and you can see things that I cannot see. Like, I I can't even... No way. I have I have face blindness anyway or self-absorption. We don't know. We don't know. <laughs> it's one of the two. And, when you uh, say face blindness, what does that mean? Like That you, means I don't recognize people. See, I'm the other way around because I recognize people, but I can't remember their names. I got nothing. All I get... <laughs> <laughs> you know what I can usually do? I can tell people their bits. Like I was just well, – that's, yeah. that's even better. Well, except what good is it? You know, I'm just like, it Makes oh, them happy. It's, uh, I literally – I think I described you as that guy who does that joke about the, uh, the throne of boys. <laughs> throne of boys joke. Uh, high praise indeed. <laughs> I certainly want to be remembered for that joke. For that joke. Yeah. That was a delight. I want, was- my, I want my tombstone to be a throne of boys. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's what it's replenished to, by it's, by fresh boys. It's a well. Now it's a throne of IT boys because <laughs> it's a San Francisco joke. It's a joke about what San Francisco is perceived to be. And you brought some books. I and, did. Yes. Well, because I know that you were saying like, "What are you reading now?" Oh yeah. What and are I got you reading two, now? 
I got two authors that I kind of just discovered this year. Like you ever have books that you have you purchased, somebody recommended them, and yep. they just sat on your shelf forever, and you went, "Why don't I read that?" Right? Yeah, yeah. We got. And I got. So this is one that I think you. Well, we were talking about we were talking about uh, Lovecraft. Yeah. And so there's a guy named Frank Belknap Long. Okay. Who was a contemporary of Lovecraft's and and actually knew him. Like okay. They, Write all these letters to each other. Yeah, yeah. I brought a couple books, and these are the originals. And they Frank Belk Belk Belknap Long. Okay, yeah, and uh, he was one of the first, first. He was one of the first authors to add to the Cthulhu mythos. Okay, so you know, oh, I Lovecraft know. had all these stories that he came up with, and then other writers would contribute, and he was one of the first guys to do it. And he's known for this. There's this famous story that he did called "The Hounds of Tindalos." Oh. And which is a really great Not, story. Yeah. And most of his stories. They're he, short. Are they short stories? All, yeah, they're all short stories. Okay. And I wouldn't say he's the most brilliant writer. Right. But his ideas are usually great. Like uh, big ideas. The, and like the premises and the, the premises settings. Are and the are wonderful. And yeah. there's this one where this guy has figured out that through mathematics and meditation, he is able to transport his mind through time and through other dimensions. And so he's going to do it, but he wants a friend there to kind of tether him. Okay. So he doesn't go too far. And so he's going back and he's seeing the dinosaurs and everything. And he's going back and he finally pierces the veil of our dimension, goes into this other dimension and sees these creatures, these hideous, like hound like creatures who, uh, and he's just watching them. And suddenly they notice him (laughs) and they're like, what, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. And he describes them as like, they're not necessarily evil. They're beyond good and evil, but they know they don't like you. Right. (laughs) And you shouldn't know about them. So he's tells his friend, he's, he's describing all this stuff as it's happening. And the friend kind of helps bring him back, but now they've got his scent. Right. So they follow him through time and space. Yeah. To come at him. Right. And just him or him. Okay. And you find out that one of the ways they enter our dimension is through right angles. Oh. So they need a right angle. Guess who's a math nerd? I'm going to say that that Frank Belknap Long is a math nerd. I think so. Yeah. So what this guy who has brought the hounds to him does is he gets his friend and they get a bunch of plaster and they start filling in all the corners in the room. So there's no right angles. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I think I'm okay for the night. <laughs> you go home. What if, what happens? Never, never go An home. earthquake. <gasps> of course. An earthquake <laughs> dislodges all the plaster. Yep. The hounds get in. They, they get find him. him the next day and they find his, the, what's left of him like in a triangle. <laughs> <laughs> come on come on there's nothing wrong with fantastic. that story that's a fantastic yeah. story so and i've really been enjoying uh all of his stuff i just think i think it's a lot of fun if you're looking for the greatest writer of our day maybe not but if you're looking for something else to read yeah this is a guy who thought about some crazy stuff and brought it to us and it looks like they were written in the 50s and 60s no yeah. they would have been 30s and 40s right uh yeah because of uh because of because of what's his face yeah 63 
This was first printed in '63, but it's, the, an, the, the, it's a uh, compilation. Yeah, the, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but uh, so uh, it's great yeah. stuff. And uh, for the other, sure, the other guy. Do you, have you ever heard of Joe Haldeman? Um, no, unless he was involved in Watergate, uh, <laughs> which I think I'm getting him mixed up. Maybe they're the same guy. I don't know. I don't know what he did on his time <laughs> off. But uh, Joe Haldeman wrote a book. He's best known for oh, wait. The Forever War. Yes, I just read it. I it's, was like, I know yeah, that name. It's so good. I read The Forever War and I read the sequel. And that's what I'm reading right now, Forever Peace. The Forever, yeah, Forever Which is, Peace. It's not really a sequel. It's kind right, of it's a... it's in the same... It's, it's in the same vein and it's universe, hitting, hitting the same points that he tried to make in the first book. Right. But it was written years after. Yes. But I love Forever War because... Again, another really great premise of, you know, you're, there's this war happening with an alien race and they um, are and you able- enlisted. Yeah. And, and well, and you kind of get drafted. And, right. And even if you're uh, officially out of the army, you're never really out. They can always call you back in on a technicality. Right. But so this guy, it's it, – the story is told from the viewpoint of this soldier who – in this war, there's there are these jump gates that are like wormholes, mm-hmm. and so because of that relativity taking place, this guy every time he goes through a jump, more time on Earth passes, right. and so he like sees this war from beginning to end, which goes on for thousands of years, right? And so every time he goes back to Earth, Earth is now a diff- completely different place. Sociopolitical. Yeah, every politics, crime, sex, sex, all of it. Yeah, there's a point where everyone's gay. Everyone's gay. Everyone is gay, and, and he's and like, they make fun of him because he's straight. Right, he's not gay. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, that's so weird. Yeah, yeah. I I love that. It's so great. Yeah, and it was written in like '72. Yeah, it's pretty great. Forever War is pretty great. Forever, Forever War is great. If and it's it's considered a classic, and it's of another the genre. classic. Yeah. Because uh, science fiction gets to be classics now. It's fun. Well, yeah. finally. Yeah, yeah. It took long enough. That's what gets me, too, is that that all these genres were looked down upon. And, uh, and like, I, my thing would be like, okay, I understand uh, William Faulkner is brilliant. Right. But try to do a book and then in- incorporate science and scientific theory. Right. And create an alien race. Right, which is why Asimov should also, you know, it, oh. it took forever for him to become a classic. Oh, the Heinlein, gods themselves? Right. And even Heinlein, where the science is, is, is speculative, yeah. is a classic. They're classics now. Oh, yeah. And McCaffrey. Those, that's entirely yes. fantasy. Sure. Uh, there's no science. There's the very light. In the later books, well, there's and, some and talk of science. Tolkien was, I would say that he was thought highly of at least when I was growing up yeah. as an author. Yeah. But I mean But not classic. Everybody knows who he is now. Yes. Yeah. Now he's Dickens. You know? Right. So that's awesome. And every time I watch an award show like the Golden Globes or the Oscars and I see the films that are nominated, once again there are some good movies in there. Right. But I always wonder like, well, where is the horror film? And it was nice to see Get Out get something. Yep. Because it's a great movie. Right. But there are a lot of other movies like that. The Babadook is fucking brilliant. Yeah. You know, uh, Hereditary. Yeah. Tony Collette is just 
amazing. Right. There's some, there's a, the, the movies, because they compartmentalize them and some of them like yeah, they write them off. Yeah. Comedies are written off. Uh, animation right. is often written off. Um, Groundhog just, Day. Groundhog should Day. Should have had an Oscar. Should have had an Oscar. It just, just throw an Oscar at a movie that was a, an amazing Shawshank Redemption. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, I just saw Widows. And um, I hear that's good. It's Viola Davis and Liam Neeson. Yeah. And that premise, I'm in. Me too. I wanted to. I've only seen Ocean's Eight in on mute at the back of a chair <laughs> in an airplane. So, but I understand. It's essentially if Ocean's Eight were more of a film, because Ocean's Eight is more of a fun. Uh, it's kind a romp. Of, it's a romp. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it. It but Widows was amazing. Quite honestly, it was it was it had absolutely everything going for it as far as uh, being well done on on all, so every level. Yeah, I don't even think there's a bad scene at Shawshank Redemption level. Kind of, I don't think there's a bad scene. In and it. is there there because there's also I know that there are some someone's husband or husbands have been killed. Well, they're all widows. That what it is is it's a well, heist duh, movie, right? right? They're, it's a <laughs> but that's why movie. they're doing their thing, right? right? So. They're the widows of the guys where the heist went bad. Okay, and there's one last heist, so they have so, to make up the money for the bad heist, right? So there's uh, that's that is ostensibly the premise. So there's it a little got, bit of a, like, a revenge thing in there too, right? There's because um, there's a there's evil gang people, right? There's plenty of e- evil gang people and. You're the second person to ask me if there was a revenge theme, and I didn't see a revenge theme, but that doesn't mean there wasn't one. Uh, But I think – because I think they're selling – I mean the basic premise of it is that it's this heist movie and it's the widows of the bad guys who try to steal the money. But it is such – it has this awesome sort of gritty 70s feel to it, which – and it's with these – crazy characters that don't usually get kind of this kind of movie and this kind of stage time. Right. And so I was watching it. I, I was just leaning forward at one point going, what the hell is going to happen? Because (laughs) you you watch a heist movie and you're like, heist, they win. Things happen. Solo. Right. And, and not a good heist movie. (laughs) Uh, I wanted that to be uh, Lando. And uh, because yeah. he's good, he's great. Yeah, he's he's, he's wonderful. Are you reading Lando by no. any chance in comic book land? I'm not a big Star Wars guy. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm you're more Star Trek. I'm, yeah, I'm Star more Trek. way more Star Trek. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. more Star Trek myself. But the Doctor Afra and Lando uh, comics are actually right good. And okay, the Princess, the old Princess Leia one was good. The one that came out two years ago. So okay, um, but uh, yeah, I could talk to you for another hour, but we're at. <laughs> Easily an hour ten here, hey, so huh? we did it. Yeah. We did it. Matt Weinhold, everybody, uh, find Monster Party and listen to more awesome uh, insight into amazing things that you can read and watch. I know that many of you already do, so you will love more of it. You're beautiful, beautiful people. You are all be- and Rangers. You know the rules out there. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat, <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?